The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Strange Familiars. Hope everybody's doing well. Allison, you're you're back again. It's like I barely left. <laughs> We're recording the intro, even though I haven't finished editing this <laughs> part. We're recording the, the intro right after we... Record. I'm wearing the same clothes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Which... I mean, it could happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's winter. So this is the second part of my interview with Logan. Octavian jumps in. He helps me interview him. We talk about... Demons, maybe. Uh, cleansing negative spirits. And Logan tells a story about going to this graveyard where these supposed witches are buried. And the interesting thing about it is he said that there's actually like a, a sign there at the graveyard, you know, an official like... Mm. Here be witches kind of sign? Historical sign or whatever oh. that's, that talks about these witches being buried there. Oh, okay. And I I said to him in the interview, like when we were talking to him, I said to him, that's odd. That's rare. You know, usually these yeah, places want to okay. back away mm-hmm. from these kind of legends and stuff. Even just so, for like the security reasons, you know, yeah, so you don't have people like yeah. us like going. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. We'll get to the second part of the interview very soon. First, I want to talk to our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Strange Familiars is here because of you. If you like what we do and you want to get extra content, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly shows, two commercial-free shows this week. Plus, they get extra content, bonus episodes every month. We do at least one. Sometimes we do more full episodes for our patrons of Strange Familiars. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. 
You can also become a patron at Apple Podcasts. The program there is called Patron of the Strange. Supporters there get the commercial-free weekly shows and the bonus monthly content as well. Once again, thank you, patrons. No matter where you're supporting us, that helps a lot. The patron show for February is going to be this on-site compilation. Went to Hex Hollow. I got a weird story from Hex Hollow. I tell it like, you know, pretty much as it happens there. Real time. Real time. Everything's the same except you are there. Also, while I'm there, I tell this the story from Toad Road that uh, happened to Octavian and I back in the fall. I don't think I told it on the podcast. Then uh, there's another segment from Condor Woods, which is near Toad Road. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we drive by that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I know where you is. <laughs> this is, okay, this is. I was like, that's the, the place with all the trees. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, I found this like little hidden valley in there that I didn't know existed. It's like, you know how you kind of have a mental map of places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden a new place arises and you're like, what? And I had been halfway down this trail before. Mm-hmm. And my thought was the other half eventually just went out to this road. Well, it didn't. I followed this trail into this little creek valley. It's just this amazing. Is little, it pretty? Oh, it's really cool. It's like we're... Four or five hills come together, and, and creeks are coming off of three hills, and they join into one creek. Oh, are there water features? There are. It's small. It's not. They're not huge creeks, but it's really neat. So I, there's audio from that, and then there's audio from Gazoo's Wood, where I went back. Is that what it's really called? No. no oh, okay. That's the code, code name, name oh, okay. that I gave it because you may or may not remember this. The first time I went there, uh-huh. I went there because there was a really, really scary nighttime Bigfoot encounter that happened there that I found on the BFRO website. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about the place other than that it was close enough to where I could drive there and take a look around. Did I go there with you one You've been time. there before. Yeah, this, yeah. The, the okay. first time I went by myself. And I, I went there and I, I got to this one part of the woods and I just got this really creepy feeling. And I just started kind of taking pictures all around me. Mm-hmm. This is very early Strange Familiars days, I think. And I showed you the picture. Mm-hmm. One of the pictures, it looks like there was there was somebody in it, mm-hmm. and I remember showing it to you, and even even you when it's like she said somebody was following you, like it's somebody's there. It looks mm-hmm. like it almost looks like he was wearing like a green helmet, and that's why I started calling him Gazoo, like the Great Gazoo from the Flintstones. And, oh, okay, yeah. So then it became Gazoo's Wood. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's just kind of why we call it that. But in any case. I talk about tree structures and there's like new tree structures and the tree structures that were there are changed. But I also captured this weird EVP right in the tree structure area. So I have that play and some more. So that'll be the patron episode for February. And that's coming real soon as well. It might be released simultaneous with this or it might be in the next couple of days. Patrons can look forward to that. Once again, if you want to be a patron, if you want to get that extra content, Patreon.com slash strange familiars. Alrighty, let's go ahead and get to part two of my interview with Logan. When this woman advised you to get rid of this, what you were calling a demon, tell us about this ritual bath again. So she told me that to basically, I have to take seven days of this spiritual bath where I put like a cup of salt. I can't remember if it's a teaspoon or a tablespoon of black pepper and a full lemon with a rose quartz crystal in the bath and she said take this bath for like 10 to 20 minutes but no shorter than 10 and no longer than 20 and do this for seven days and you will cleanse yourself of all of this negative energy and then she said to also do an egg cleanse which that stuff varies depending on what culture that you are a part of like for my girlfriend since she's Puerto Rican We do it where you take like just a normal glass of 
like room temperature water. You take an, a room temperature egg, you crack it in, you put like cayenne pepper, any hot sauce, and a couple other things. I can't remember because we haven't done it for a while. And then you go to the toilet, you look away from it. You don't want to be facing over the toilet or the cup as you are taking it to the toilet. And you basically just dump it down the drain and then you flush the toilet. And my girlfriend, she knows a lot more about this stuff than I do because she's kind of, she's the one that got me into it. But if you look at the egg and it has like little needles coming off of it, that's a sign of like negative energy that has been attached to you. Or if you can sometimes see an evil eye and that also means that somebody is either really talking bad about you or like just anything negative that's put on you. And so you take it to the toilet, you dump it down the drain, you don't look at the toilet, you don't look into the cup, and then you just, you know, that's basically it. And you should feel lighter afterwards. And so she told me to do that and then do a sweetener bath for like, I did it for four days, but it really, it depends on, you know, how much you want to do it. And a sweetener bath is, I think she told me take a cup of milk, put honey in it, and then I think lime juice, a full lime in it. And you just sit there, same thing, no shorter than 10 minutes and no longer than 20 minutes. And so I did that. And this took probably around like 13 days, but the first week, the first seven days that she told me to do this, I would hear three knocks on my front door on the glass there was a golden finch bird that was running into the windows consistently and it would like if it wasn't running into the windows it would perch itself on my car and i would see it on my car every time i would go out to it see this is where things got interesting and i'm gonna let octavian jump in if you don't mind octavian you had some kind of prescription ritual bath for a while there didn't you I did. Logan, do you mind asking, if I might asking, the woman who told you to do this, was she of South American descent or possibly Jamaican? She was not. She is, oh gosh, I think, well, actually, I don't know for sure. If we're going off of skin color, she is white. Okay. All right. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because the tradition that I was sort of working in for a while was uh, Brazilian and uh, ritual showers and ritual baths are an extremely important aspect of that, as it is pretty much in most legitimate magical practices. But each spice or herb or liquor corresponded to a different deity that, when used together, would enhance your connection to that deity and allow it to, you know, come into your life and and help you in any way that it it specializes in. So that's very interesting. Oh, that that is interesting. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it, it. I mean, ritual baths, they're mostly known by people in the Solomonic magical tradition, and that is where you take uh, seven to nine days of preparation, no sex, no meat, no real eating, no socializing. It's basically seven days of washing yourself and praying, as well as reading over your ritual texts. And the day before the ritual, you're supposed to take a hyssop bath, and there's an entire Catholic tradition of hyssop being a very holy substance. And uh, you wash yourself in rosemary and hyssop and salt water, actually. And then you cleanse, you know, you put on your white robes and then you step onto your ritual chamber and you conduct the conjuration or invocation or whatever you're doing. But this all lines up pretty strongly with that. The other thing, Octavian, the knocks, while, yeah, while he's doing this, I mean, that sounds like some stuff that Luke was telling us, right? Yeah, a lot of ritual magicians will talk about how in during those nine days of preparations, they will get varying degrees of paranormal and supernatural occurrences, mostly culminating in a lot of knocks and, and bangs and things like that. A gentleman that I had on my show who was conducting a Solomonic ritual was talking about how the the frames of pictures on his walls while he was preparing for this would either get knocked down or get smashed up against the wall by nothing and, you know, nothing there. So that's very common. It seems like when you're purifying yourself, that's when a lot of things, the doors start to really open spiritually. Yeah. And other than the knocks and stuff like that, this was also around the same exact time 
that was first getting introduced to visions. And one day I called out of work, I think it was a Tuesday, cause just because you know, when you're fighting something like this, it's kind of like, because I'm fully tattooed. So you don't really know what to expect. So I don't like, I took the same, kind of the same approach accidentally where like you go and get a tattoo, you don't know how bad it's going to hurt. So you make up something in your mind that's going to be way worse than what it is. So that entire week, I was just scared, anxious, just terrified because I was like, I don't want to be possessed. I don't want something bad to happen to me or my family. So on that Tuesday that I was just not feeling good and I called out, I was taking a nap and it was probably around 1030 in the morning just because at the time I was working at this metal shop and we would work from like five to three. It was just really long hours. So I was just catching up on some sleep. And during this nap that I was taking, this thing, this demon crawled out of my um, closet and it went to, if you're laying in my bed, I'm laying on the left side and the right side is completely open. And it was crouched on like all fours looking at me and it was, it was really, it still gives me goosebumps to this day. So you saw it this time? Yeah, this is the first time I ever saw it. Okay. And the demon that was attached to me had blue and black ashy skin dark like black kind of greasy hair it had really really yellow like a bright yellow eye with like the pupils were black and then it was just smiling at me like this weird and creepy smile i kind of compare it to the grudge because it's a tire was also like an old medical gown that you know when you go to the er and they tell you to like put on this gown and stuff like that that's what it was wearing and i know it was a vision because when i get my visions they get really really fuzzy and kind of not blurry but fuzzy like when you know you flip on really old television and it does like the whole staticky thing that's what my vision was doing and i looked at it and i shouted at it to get away from me and get back into the closet and then it just like i don't know if i scared it but this is what kind of this was the first time that I truly realized that I was in a sense, it's going to sound really weird, but I felt like I was more powerful than it because it looked at me and it shook and then it ran back into the closet and it stayed there. And the person that advised me against like to do all this stuff, she also told me she told me not to listen to anything horror related. Don't read any horror books. Don't watch any horror movies. Nothing scary whatsoever. But I was like, okay, I I won't do that. And then I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, wow, we can't go see Talk to Me that's coming out this weekend because that's around the time that it was coming out. And she's like, well, she didn't specify if it was just in the house or if it was, you know, in general. I was like, you know what? You're right. Let's just try it and see. So Friday comes around and we go and see Talk to Me. And halfway through the movie, I am watching it and then I briefly black out and get a vision and I see that same entity standing under the only partially lit light that's in this movie theater on the stairs going up and it is dead staring at me. And I come back from my vision and I'm looking directly where it was standing and I lean over to my girlfriend and I said, The thing that's attached to me, it's here. And I just saw it over under that light. And she's like, okay, well, it's almost the end of the movie. We'll just go home and we won't do anything until we sage and do all that. So we go out and get the sage. Probably it was a Friday night when we saw that movie. So it was a Saturday when we went and got the sage. Come back home. We also get incense. I prefer Vicky. She told me that you can use lavender or another one but i thought lavender smelled the best and i like it i like the way yeah i just like the way it smelled so i grabbed that one and we come back to the house wait to do it on sunday and my parents and my brothers they all go to the zoo so it's just me and my girlfriend at the house where we can finally sage this thing because i called vicky just to make sure like hey just want to make sure we're doing this right. And she's like, the only thing that you 
This is mandatory other than the sage and the lavender incense. Leave one window open in the front of the house. Leave one open in the back of the house. Say the Lord's Prayer before you do it and ask the Lord to send Archangel Michael, I think is what it was. And the Legion of Light, I think, is the other one that she also told us to ask for. And so we go out, we do all that stuff and say the prayer, everything. We come back and we sage the entire house except for one spot. I don't know, this is only for me speaking about Minnesota homes, but most of the houses in Minnesota, if there's an attic, it's usually sealed with the plaster on the ceiling. So you really can't get in there unless you cut it off. My parents never cut it open. And so we staged the house. My girlfriend says she sees the thing bouncing all around the house. And finally, we don't see it anymore, right? We staged at the basement where that other demon was at, and we just don't see either one of them. So two weeks go by and this new spirit pops up in my house because my girlfriend, we see a bu- she sees a bunch of stuff that will just come and go every now and then. And it's a little kid, but he's got like a bowl cut. My girlfriend's telling me he looks like he's from the sixties and he's got a bowl cut. He's just, we've never seen this before. So I'm on high alert already. And every time my girlfriend would look at the spirit, it would run away. It would hide. And so one day we go out and to the gas station to get just some snacks because we're about to watch a movie. We come back and my girlfriend tells me, because I'm talking to Vicky on the phone because she's asking how everything is going so far. And I just tell her, we haven't seen anything for two weeks. I think we're, I think we got it. I think we're, we're good. And as we reach the house, my girlfriend sees that little boy and he's going in and out of my brother's window. And I'm, relaying this to Vicky and she's like that's not a little boy that's the demon and I was like oh you've got to be kidding me so I now have to go in the next day I have to tell my parents like hey there's a demon here let me can I get it out it's it's up in the attic just let me let me get rid of it because prior to this I didn't tell them what was going on because I didn't want them to think I was crazy and my parents are like well we just feel uncomfortable with you you know saging the place and stuff like that And we don't really want to cut open the latch to go into the attic. So I don't know what to tell you. If you just, maybe if you just ignore it, it won't bother you. And now they're in my attic and they haven't left. But because they know that I have Vicky who can help me and I also have my girlfriend who's extremely clairvoyant. And I also am now getting my gifts that they really haven't done anything except when I tell this story about a week after I had that conversation with my parents about not letting me sage the attic, I went on to another podcast and right as I flipped on the mic and everything to ready to record with this person, my audio came out sounding like a robot. (laughs) And so I was like, my audio has never done this. I always have crystal clear audio, no issues whatsoever. And so the guy that I was going to do it with, he's just said, well, let's just brain check it. We'll figure it out. I was like, okay, cool. Well, after we get off, after we end our episode and everything and talk about just doing it a different day, I get asked one of my other podcasting friends to, you know, give me a call. So just see if my recording stuff works. And when he called recording, my audio, everything sounded perfect, crystal clear to him. And I was like, that's really, really weird. And so a few days later, I went on to another podcast with one of my friends, Shane from Bizarre Encounters. He's the first person to ever have heard the story. So I wanted to do the closing section with him. And so I told them basically everything that was going on and like what they're doing now. And literally, as I said, I want to banish it. I want to get rid of it. I don't want it here. My audio would cut out for a moment. My face would go to like, you know, like the old like executioners with the big axe and they had the black mask on. Uh My face would go to that and then my screen on his end would go completely black. And then after a little bit, like five, 10 seconds go by, it would pick up again and it would act like nothing ever happened. 
And that was really the last time I ever truly had something happen that was related. Well, actually, I take that back. That one that was attached to me tried to attach to me again, and I got super, super sick, and I almost like was throwing up constantly. Like it was so bad, I had like excruciating stomach pains for like two, three hours, and it only stopped when I completely smoked myself out and saged. Like I saged myself for forty-five minutes, just constantly, and that finally went away. But other than that, that was maybe a couple months ago. I haven't had any other experience related to the demons in my attic or the trail itself. About two, three weeks ago, I did find out why that demon was in my closet. I was cleaning out my closet and I came across all of the papers that me and my girlfriend had from our initial investigation. And I called her immediately and I was like, I think I know why that thing was in my was in the closet and I sent her a picture of everything that was in the closet and she's like shut the front door are you serious and I was like yeah but other than that I haven't had there's nothing related to that trail that has happened recently how did you know that it went to the attic or is there more than one I'm assuming it went to the attic just because that is the only place we didn't sage we thoroughly saged every room every cabinet the fridge, the freezer, the garage, everywhere. And that's the only place we didn't sage. Mm-hmm. First, I want to ask, you said that you were a metal worker, correct? Yeah, I did work for, like a sheet metal company, yeah. Can I ask what kind of metals that you were primarily working with? Steel, stainless steel, aluminum. I think those are the I think those are the main three. Did any of it ever come home with you? Maybe shards of it in your shoes. Or yeah, was running. Yeah, that? I. Yeah, I would because we when we cut the parts that would come out, we had to grind off the tabs, so I would get dust all over me. Okay, so you were covered in in metal, like even after work. Yeah. Okay. Just out of curiosity, were you told that the things you were dealing with were demonic in nature, or was that just what you felt like they were? That is what I was told from the girl that I was talking to, the psychic medium. Okay. How much do you know about Faelor? That name does not ring a bell, so probably nothing. Okay, so what we're talking about when we say Fae or Faelor is the fairies, the good folk, the good people. And the reason I bring them up is because in Solomonic magic, Chthonic spirits, which is what most people would call demons, they are not as accessible as people think. The fact that you have to spend nine days praying constantly no sex no socializing constant showers and things like that and even then you know using all the names and powers of the gods and saints and archangels you're very likely not going to get anything so in my mind that shows that they are not as accessible as hollywood likes to make them seem to be but fairies on the other hand they seem to be much much closer to the mortal plane and the material plane than really anything else minus you know dead human spirits Obviously, in the fairy lore, metal and specific kinds of metal are anathema, essentially. They can't stand it. They hate it. It's a, it's extremely offensive to them. And they have a very, very particular set of rules and guidelines that you have to go by when dealing with them or contacting with them. And that comes from folklore. But a lot of that has to do with removing any kind of metal or steel or even iron from your person. I was actually interviewing, and and you talking about electrical disturbances every time you tell the story backs this up quite well, because my mentor and someone I've had on my show many times, uh, Luke Bell, he's a ceremonial magician who mostly works from uh, the Goetia, but recently he's been dabbling in, in the fairies. And he had an experience a number of years ago with a fairy queen in a park in Vancouver, Nothing too crazy happened except for he got his wish in probably the most physical way he's ever gotten it. But recently he has been experiencing, well, I won't really talk about it here because I don't want to mess up Tim's connection, but he had a very, very visceral encounter with a fairy. And ever since then, every time he has been on my show to talk about it, there have been 
crazy electrical disturbances to the point where David Rankine, who is a very notable occult author, was on my show with Luke. Luke told the story and David, living in London, his entire internet went out and we had to finish the show early and we didn't even get to, to wrap it up. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I realized that the image that you saw probably does not match up with your idea of what a fairy looks like. But if you read the lore, if you go through the folklore and the stories, especially in old Europe, you will find that the fae category encompasses a wide variety of entities and creatures that have a, a, a lot of different looks and aesthetics. And by the way, it can be good, bad, and everywhere in between. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yes. Because you're saying it's it's not a demon doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't a negative entity. Right. So from what everything I'm hearing, I feel like you were dealing a lot more with pissed off Faye than you are anything chthonic or demonic. Okay. That that's the first time I've actually ever heard that theory towards my story brought up because Shane from Bizarre Encounters he thought maybe it was elementals just because around my area. And just within Minnesota in general, there is a lot of Native American reservations. And there, I forgot to mention this part earlier, but on the east side of my town, there used to, there's a road called Dodd Boulevard. And there used to be a general who was named General Dodd. And he actually had a fort here. Like there was a fort here in Apple Valley, which is the next town over. And if you go more west, like 15, 20 minutes, there's Shakopee and there's a huge um, Dakota reservation on there. And I don't know if maybe they came across and killed General Dodd or if it was a different reservation around here, but somehow General Dodd pissed off the Native Americans too bad and he ended up getting killed. Let me ask you this, Octavian. The ritual bath seemed to have effect. Does that make sense to you? Let's put it that way. Yeah, it does. There's, from what I heard, a pretty heavy mix of different cultural aspects from different cultures within the bath 
that uh, she recommended to you. So to me, it sounds like you had a couple different spiritual traditions that were working on your behalf. The egg cleanse is interesting. I actually, a couple months ago, I had moved into an apartment and um, I had been and really still am dealing with a lot of just personal stress and, and mental illness and things like that. And my roommate had said that she had done egg cleanses a lot and she'd always gotten crazy images in the egg and, and the water and things like that. And uh, she did it on me. She's never seen an egg that clear while doing it with somebody. So obviously there wasn't anything attached to me, luckily. I don't really know much about the egg cleanse. I don't know how old it is or what tradition it started with. So, you know, I'm glad that it worked. I'm glad that you got results from it. But yeah, it, it aligns itself a lot with like probably two or three different African diasporic religions and practices that I know of. And my understanding of deem, and, and you know, I, I often say this because, you know, when we get into, for instance, the paranormal aspects of Bigfoot, a lot of people are like, oh, do you think it's a demon? And while I think it has some of those negative attributes, at least sometimes, no, my, my, my final answer is no, I don't. And the reason why is I, I think it would be more of a problem. And I, I kind of feel that's the same way. Whatever entity you're dealing with, and I'm not saying it wasn't negative, and I'm not saying you didn't have to struggle with it. So don't get me wrong. Logan, I, I think I think you went through something, but I think a demon would be more of a problem, honestly. Now, again, there's a whole ecosystem of spirits out there, good, bad, and everything in between. I just think demons are at the, the far end of the bad side, and I think it might, I don't know, I you know, and th this is just mostly gut instinct for me. I think the term gets thrown around in the paranormal a little too easily, and I'm just a little bit more careful of that. And again, I'm not saying you, you didn't experience something extremely negative that you had to deal with. And I'm, I'm like Octavian said, I'm glad the ritual bath worked and I'm glad the sage worked, but it might not be as uh, clean as that. It's just saying it's a demon. It might be just, just some, something other, you know? I do agree that the term demon does get thrown around a little too much, especially with the whole, you know, conjuring series and stuff like that. So I, I do agree with that. I, Personally, I just don't, I don't know because some of these, you know, it's just some psychics aren't, you know, I don't want to denounce any psychics. No, oh, no, 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 no. And, and, or anything. and it could just be a shorthand term that, that she was using, you know, that, whereas, yeah, I'm coming from the Catholic tradition. So a, a demon means a very specific thing in that tradition, but other people use it just as a shorthand term for a negative spirit. And, you know, it could be. It, that could be the sense in which she meant it. So I'm not trying to say she was wrong or anything. You know, I'm just saying like there might be, we're just careful, I guess, uh, about the, the demon term, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when you were talking about, you were kind of not equating, but you were connecting to your friend talking about elementals and then the Native American presence in your, in your area, correct? Yeah. Could you go in a little bit more about that? I'm just kind of curious about what the connection is. When General Dodd, when he was here near my town, because there was a fort that ran from Fort Snelling, which is the major military base that was during the Civil War and all of that. It's right next to the Minneapolis airport. And they had a road that went straight down to Apple Valley, which is called Dodd Boulevard. And I don't know specifically if it was that Dakota tribe that was over in Shakopee, which is 20 minutes away, but that is the closest tribe that could have came over this way. The other one that I can think of is like 45 minutes southeast of where I'm at. So I'm just, just from connecting the dots, I don't, it's going to be an assumption, but I don't mean it as like an assumption that I would I think that they may have came over here and maybe they own, like were owned that Ritter Farm Park. It was maybe their territory and they and General Dodd wanted to take it over and make it a part of like Lakeville and Apple Valley. And maybe there was a huge fight and maybe that's why he got killed. It didn't when I was researching it, it didn't really have any specifics of what the reason was behind his murder. Other than that, he just made Dakota tribe really, really angry and he got killed because of it. So I think I can speak for both Timothy and I when we when I say this, that whenever 
Native Americans get brought up in any kind of context within the paranormal. It's usually never by someone of Native American culture or tradition. And in that way, we don't know enough and, and we respect them so much that we kind of just leave that alone as far as attributing different paranormal things to Native American culture and Native American tradition. And then also the word elemental, there's a really interesting history behind that word because one of the reasons why you'll hear people talk about elementals when they're really referring to nature spirits or forest spirits or even the fae is because of uh, Madame Blavatsky. She basically equated nature spirits with elementals when if you go back throughout history, I mean, we're talking two, three, four thousand years, there is elementals do come up, but they are uh, their own thing outside of different spiritual Okay, see, I was going to ask you specifically that, Octavian, because I was like, what the, I mean, essentially, what's the difference between a fae and an elemental, you know? An elemental, is it's sort of, this is a bad way of explaining it, but it's the physical embodiment of that element. Whereas you can have spirits that are also water spirits or fire spirits or things like that, but they have their own agendas. They're just made up of that element, whereas elementals... Like when you call on wind and elementals, you're calling on the wind. When you call on fire elementals, you're calling on the fire. There's not as much of a distinction between an elemental and the element that it's a part of. Whereas when you come into other spirits that are part of elements, yes, they have those elemental things and they can be aroused through them, but they can be separate as well. And what page in the monster manual can I find this? <laughs> the index. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to throw you off there, buddy. No, I'm just curious because it's hard for me to see, like, like talking about seeing it like an earth white or, or talking about it and to differentiate that from like an earth elemental, like how you like, where's the line there? It's a very blurry one. I don't really know that much about elementals. I remember if you read, I think it's Operation Trojan Horse, Heel attributes a lot of the paranormal to quote unquote elementals, but he never goes into specifics about what those elementals are or anything like that. If you read Iamblichus, he's got a lot about things that probably sound like elementals to most people, but he makes a very strong distinction. I have not actually read a lot of Iambel, that that guy, I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but there's a lot there to look into and yeah, to read. Yeah. And I, I think the, the general point of all this, and, and Logan, I, I, we didn't mean to hijack your story, is just to say that there's sh varying shades of gray, right? And there's different names that people are using for maybe things that overlap or maybe the same thing with different names. And if I didn't press the demon thing, I think my audience would be quite disappointed in me. <laughs> As would I. So it seems like it's, you know, maybe not entirely wrapped up. How does your parents slogan? I mean, that would be a weird thing to approach my parents with. I don't think they would have been any more receptive than yours were with it going forward from that point did they just kind of not think about it just kind of not discuss it anymore put it out of their mind how, how was it taken from that point well it's kind of funny because i have a lot of horror movie posters and they said well maybe you should get rid of them and i was like well no i mean there's only one that could technically be bad that i might not or that I shouldn't have and that's the nun movie poster just because that one uses a biblical name if it is biblical i think it is i just don't say it in general that's probably the only one that i have that they were like well you should really get rid of this and then they were also like you probably should just stop going on your you know ghost adventures which i have done just because i realize how unknown and how dangerous it can be whether you don't know what you're really talking to on the other side it's all about kind of a that's feeling a, that you get absolutely that's a key point it can be really really dangerous for people and a lot of people take it for granted as a joke when it really shouldn't be taken as a joke no i, I say this often and I, I say it because we do a lot of on-site shows and, and octavian's done them with me where we go to haunted places or places where there's been paranormal activity of various sort and we take the listener with us we record there and we you know if anything happens we we have these experiences and uh we play them with for the listener but i I often at least lately i've come to say if you can listen to that 
And I realize there are some people who can't. There's some people who are going to, they can't not experience it. I was one of those people. I had to get out there and, and experience it myself. But if you are able to listen to people's stories, to listen to podcasts, to read books, to watch documentaries on this stuff and not go any further with it, I think you're going to be happier. I, th- I think life is going to be easier for you. Yeah, I agree. At the very least, there's a weirdness that goes with this stuff that permeates your life. And if you're not grounded or if you're easily upset or if you have other things going on, it can be a real uh, distraction at best and, and, it, and much worse. You know, it can, it can go much worse. And this sounds very hypocritical because, you know, I've written tons of books about my own experiences and other people's experiences. And, you know, I make a habit of going to these places. And I know there are people who are going to do it anyway. And, and to them, I just say, just be really careful and be respectful and be positive and, you know, try not to um, get obsessive about this stuff. Take frequent breaks because obsession is, I believe, one of the biggest problems with this. And that's what leads a lot of people to breaking up marriages. There's a lot of, if you pay attention to ghost hunting groups, they almost never stay together for any amount of time. There's always big drama in ghost hunting groups. And, uh, you know, I think it's just part and parcel to this stuff. So my advice to people is is if you can enjoy it from afar or or enjoy other people's experiences in it, that's a, a much safer way to go. And I'm not talking about getting possessed. I'm talking about the sort of obsession that this stuff can lead to. But yeah, yeah. So, so I generally agree. This interesting. So you stop completely. Yeah, I'm done. A hundred percent. I haven't even. You know, every now and then I get an itch to go back to the places that me and my girlfriend used to go to that weren't as crazy, where there's still a little bit of activity, but nothing too wild. But I just don't really have an urge. When you have, when you have a girlfriend who is extremely clairvoyant, you don't really have to go anywhere. It just shows up unannounced. 90% of the time. So, yeah, it's it's a very addictive thing to me experiencing this stuff and these these kinds of feelings and very seductive. And again, that's part of the danger. It's like a drug, I think. So, it's you, once you have this weirdness and once it sort of tweaks your your attention, it's hard to give it up. It's very very enticing. So, tell us about this witch story. There is this place that is maybe two hours south of where I'm at. I forgot what town it's in, but the urban legend behind this cemetery in this town is that there were three witches and they were caught. I can't remember when they were caught, but it was a while ago, probably like late 1800s. They were caught for witchcraft and they were all executed. And the main witch that got executed, she was actually buried with the axe that killed her that she was executed with so me and my girlfriend go there around probably it's we leave the house at like three and literally as we're driving it's just a straight drive it's nothing too terrible but like we're an hour away from the destination my check engine light comes up so i'm like oh this is this is a great start to whatever we're about to do so we go to, we finally reach it and it's like in a campground. It's really, really weird because you have to drive through a campground to get to this path that is like a little trail up to this graveyard. And it's, it's, it's really, really small, but there are rules that were from when we were researching the story, there were rules that said, if you jump over or walk over the grave of any of the witches, you die within three days. Obviously, I didn't walk over. If that is true, I did walk over because I'm still alive today. And it's just this log field and we reached the cemetery and there you have like this whole like information board on like what happened and why like what happened and who's buried in this cemetery and they bring up the witch. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And online, because there's a picture of the gravestone, they misspelled her name on the gravestone, I think. From reading it online and seeing it in person on the little information board. And after it tells the story of what happened, there's this little, not disclaimer, but this little side note thing that says, if you have the gravestones to 
all three of these witches, bring them back, and we won't ask questions. Oh. Which is really weird. Somebody decided to take all three gravestones and just, like, not let the people know, like, hey, this is where the witches are, and just don't walk over this area. So it was, like, completely sketchy. If this story was true, completely sketchy. And I guess for the longest time, this cemetery has was like being defaced and vandalized by a bunch of people. Just a lot of disrespect towards this graveyard. And when you enter it, you can see all of the like gravestones that are just broken or vandalized and stuff like that. And so we really didn't catch anything while we were in the cemetery. But as we were leaving and going back to my car, my girlfriend got scratched and then I also got scratched. She got three claw marks on her inner forearm, and I had three scratches on my neck. Hmm. And we were going to go back at night, but we were just a little too spooked out and just like, we don't really know the area. We don't want to get, you know, in trouble for like trespassing after a certain time. There wasn't any real signs that said, hey, don't go. You can't be here after 10 o'clock or nothing like that. So we just decided to go to the gas station and we were thinking about it but then we're just like you know what well let's just drive home i have a check engine light on i don't want us to get stranded here three hours away from my house i just don't want that so we ended up just going back home and that one was really really weird because like i didn't i know a lot of people say that they get a burning sensation when they get scratched me and my girlfriend didn't get a burning sensation mine actually itched really really bad and i didn't have any mosquito bites or nothing like that. Like we made sure to check my entire neck and everything and nothing even like no trees, no grass, nothing even touched my neck while we were there. And I didn't even scratch it. So we, we chalked it up to that. We just got scratched by some entity that maybe thought we were there to either vandalize or maybe it was the witches. We didn't know. So we just called her a day after that. That's interesting. It's really interesting that they would acknowledge, see, whether it's a legend or not, they would acknowledge it on the sign. Because I, I find most of these places, if they have legends like that, they don't they don't want people messing around, so they won't acknowledge it. So, yeah. it's really, really interesting. I'd love to go there. I would, I'd love to go there. Yeah, I'm thinking somebody, some legend tripper probably took those tombstones and they, they have them in their collection, but I, I don't know. Probably. Probably. I don't know. I don't know why they like it's a small cemetery too it's a very very small town it's like because i know a lot of people like for me we'd always go up north to go to cabins but i know some of my friends they always went to southern minnesota right on the iowa and minnesota border and that's where this town was it was just a very very small town so i was like kind of you know like shocked that they would deface all these tombstones and just steal the three witches tombstones because if the story is true, I really wouldn't want anything that would be attached to that story with how malevolent it could be. Somebody has more guts than I do to take that. I wouldn't take any for the same reason. <laughs> you know, might want anything mad at you for that. No, yeah, don't don't disrespect the dead. But yeah, the scratch. So you were able to see these scratches like on yourself and your girlfriend. We took the picture of my neck because I wanted to see it, but. My girlfriend, she had three really long ones on the inside of her form. We didn't take a picture of them, but, you know, you really kind of don't think about that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. No, I always say that. The people were like, well, you know, why didn't you take a picture? You just don't think about it. You're, you're in the middle of something. You don't think about doing that. It's completely understandable. But they look similar, like what, the scratches on you and her. Yeah. Yeah. Hers were maybe like five, six inches long. Mine was probably like three. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to go to that cemetery. I want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, so do I. I will send you guys the link to what it is. I'll have to find it again, but I'll s- I'll send it to you guys. Yeah. I was talking before, Octavian, we need to go on a, a paranormal road trip, paranormal tour, and just hit a bunch of places. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You drive, I'll sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me ask you a fun question before we go here, Logan. On the morning of April 18th, 1961, Joe Simonton saw a silver disc on his farm. He went out, investigated, and stepped aboard the craft. 
There he encountered three dark-skinned humanoids who handed him an empty jug. Joe filled it with water and brought it back for them. In return, they gave him some pancakes. The question is, would you eat those pancakes? Yes. And why? None of that might give me superpowers or something. I would <laughs> gladly take my chances. Uh, Joe did, by the way, and this is an actual story from UFO history, by the way. He ate them and he said they were very bland, and I believe they analyzed them and said they, were, they did not have any salt in them. That's why they were, they were so bland. Uh, they were normal buckwheat pancakes, but no salt. So uh, I would not eat them. Maybe I'm a coward. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't take food from the fairies either. You said you would, Octavia. I've never asked you the question. Yeah, like a part of me would definitely want to, but then like everything I know would kick in. They're like, no, I can't. So I kind of put, I pour cold water on myself out there. There's no right answer, but yeah, who knows? Maybe I would offend them by not eating them and then they'd abduct me and you'd never see me again. Then you're the mean one at that point. Yeah, right. Then I would be on, then I'd be the host of Strange Familiars. <laughs> All right. Logan, thank you so much for sharing your stories. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Really enjoyed it. I've been binge watching your content for the past few days, few weeks. So it's just been, yeah, I like everything that you do. It's very, it's, it's different. I always like coming on here and seeing like how people run their shows and it's, it's interesting and I like it. So it's fun. Awesome. Well, tell people where they can find you again. You can find me on any podcast platform from Spotify all the way up until like good pods. I know nobody really uses that one, but I'm on there. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it is the rainy day horror show. And that's the name of the podcast. That's, yeah, the, name. that's the name of my podcast. Yep. All right. Thank you so much. I think Octavian's done an episode of Strange Dominions in a while, but we should probably give him a plug anyway. Octavian's podcast. I think we're going to do a plug slash push so that he gets off his butt and does one too. I think he's actually work, he's <laughs> oh, okay. working on some new stuff, I believe. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He was moving and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got had, a lot to do. He's had some stuff going, changing jobs and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. He's had a lot on his plate. But his podcast is Strange Dominions, where you can find Octavian and he delves into the uh, more occult side of things and, and magical practices and so forth. So look Strange Dominions up. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. Octavian is also now our neighbor. Yes. <laughs> okay. Here's an Octavian story. <laughs> Octavian moved in. And I said, hey, you might want to give me a key to your place because if you ever lock yourself out, mm. you know, I'll have it. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's a good idea. Not because we're going to sneak in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and just move one fork to a random place in his house. No. (laughs) Interestingly, too, the other thing is there's runes. When Octavian moved in, there's these runes on almost every door. And he contacted the people who lived there before him, and they said that there were fey spirits or something in the backyard, and they were protection runes. Now, how did he just let end up in that place. I don't know. It's like it's interesting though, right? We didn't we didn't get any runes when we moved in here. Well no, your grandparents had the place. They're well hidden. <laughs> anyway. So Octavian gives me the key and I put a little label on it. I said, look, I'm gonna hang it up where we hang our keys. Mm-hmm. That way if I'm not around and you mm-hmm. lock yourself out, you know, anybody here should be able to help you, whether, mm-hmm. it's, whether it's you or, or whoever. When was this? This was like last Last Tuesday. Was it last Tuesday? Yeah. Or Wednesday morning, whatever time in the morning it was. I had laid down in bed and pulled the covers up. And I think I started to play. Sometimes I play a little goofy game on my phone before I go to sleep. I think I had started to do that. And the phone rings. And you're right beside me. I didn't want you to wake up. So Mm -hmm. I just immediately just sent it to, I just thought it was, I saw it was Octavian. I just thought he wanted to talk or something. Mm -hmm. So I just sent it to voicemail. I think Mm -hmm. we can talk in the morning kind of thing. And then I see a text. Um, it comes in. He says, I locked myself out of my house. <laughs> so I text it back, sucks for you. <laughs> my thought was, it's not an easy walk, but we can walk. Yeah. Like I, I walk to his place. Yeah. Well, that's how I get to his place. 
my thought is like it's two in the morning you're gonna have to walk down here and get your key you know what i mean like that's why i said kind of like sucks for you i'm not getting out of bed kind of thing (laughs) then the next text comes and it says i'm not wearing any shoes (laughs) of course not (laughs) it's cold night it's like two in the morning He's like, please bring me my key. I was like, okay. All right. So I get up. I get dressed. I get shoes on. You know, heavy coat. Go out. I take him his key. Actually, I pulled up along the street. He's shivering on his porch. <laughs> In his bare feet, of yeah, course. Yeah. I was so tired. I was like, don't make me park. Because <laughs> you have to parallel park up there. And just held the key out the window. I saved Octavian from freezing to death. Or a very long cold walk in bare feet. That had been a long walk down here in bare feet. He might lose a toe that night. Yeah. Yeah, that was... So I've not gotten the key back, though. So unless he gives it back to me... Before he locks himself yeah, out again, he's yeah. kind of, I mean... Next time he's he's SOL, but... Uh, start wearing socks, at least. If you ever wondered if, if I was there to help a friend. <laughs> <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility, Tim. I feel like you took that on yourself. But and... when I took the key. Well, look, you know, I'm not going to let the guy freeze in bare feet. You know? Mm-hmm. I can't say I was happy about having to get up and get dressed. No, I can say because you woke me up to tell me how unhappy you were, and then I well, became I, unhappy I kinda, because I kind of wanted you to know, like yeah, you were yeah. going to hear the door open and yeah, close like where the I, hell are you going at three in the morning yeah. at a moment's notice? You know? Yeah, I mean the, the only answers were somebody really needed help, or Bigfoot texted you and you just went oh, out to say like if there if I do get like a a local person who's like hey Bigfoot's in my backyard at three in the morning I'm oh, going. well now somebody's going to tell you that they have a Bigfoot there. They're going to have to take a picture and send it to you with, yeah, with gonna, the text. I, I'm going to need some uh, need some more evidence. But There's going to be an ongoing interview already happening where someone says... I, your dad saw orbs in, in, <laughs> in the graveyard that's like right behind their house and didn't bother to... like. He was like, oh, I thought I'd just tell you later. <laughs> it was like months later he tells me this. I'm like, I'm up all <laughs> night. He's crazy stuff like that. I think... Call me and I would, be, I would have come right over. Like, I think his life has been such that like... Things don't phase him like that. Like I guess not. Yeah, he was very matter-of-fact about it. He's like, yeah, I saw him. They were in the graveyard there. He's like very nonplussed would be the yeah, way to yeah. describe my dad, I think. Yeah. Nonplussed. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. We already did a curiosity of the week this week, so we will not be doing another one. But we will remind you about our Etsy shop. Shop name is Lost Grave. If you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. The artwork for this episode will be in there as well, if you want to buy the original artwork. Links are always in the show notes to our Etsy shop. But like I said, if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see Are servals there too? Are are what? (laughs) Links. Links. (laughs) It was like a big cat joke that really was non-sequitur. Yeah. All right. We'll be back soon, everybody, with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. The Strange Familiars Gathering Group is there as well. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, one word. For Strange Familiars merch, it's strangefamiliars.com slash merch, and for everything else. Strangefamiliars.com by knot on nail, by twine of vine, we all have tree on which we'll hang. Reflections in a sacred well, or holy blood, 
by moon or star will see the sign looking through a ghost I gain or thorny brown by shimmering sight our eyes entwine we are cut by point of spear by edge of leaf this sacrifice we all shall bleed shall we give a single line for all our breath entire life or just our death we are pinned by knot or nail by twine or vine we all have trees on which we're hanged mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.